Today's scripture lesson is Psalm 139. It comes from Nan Murrell's Psalm for Praying. Oh, my beloved, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my innermost thoughts. You find me on a journey and guide my steps. You know my strengths and my weaknesses. Even before words rise up in prayer, lo, you have already heard my heart call. You encompass me with love where'er I go, and your strength is my shield. Such sensitivity is too wonderful for me. It is high, boundless gratitude is my soul's response. Where could I go from your spirit? Or how could I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in darkness, you are there. If I soar on the wings of the morning or dwell in the deepest parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your love will embrace me. If I say, let only darkness cover me and the light around me be night, even darkness is not dark to you. And the night dazzles as with the sun. The darkness is as light with you. You formed my inward being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for you are to be revered and adored. Your mysteries fill me with wonder. Search me, O my beloved, and know my heart. Try me and discern my thoughts. Help me to face the darkness within me. Enlighten me that I might radiate your love and your light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the spring of 2005, my college choir took a performing tour of Colorado. I was a senior music education major, and I had very recently accepted a teaching position in Colorado Springs. As anyone who's ever began a new chapter in life can understand, it was a time of both and. I was excited for the new adventure, while simultaneously terrified about all the unknown. I was eager to make new friends while knowing I would miss my family terribly. Isn't it interesting how you can feel two seemingly opposite feelings at exactly the same time? Today's scripture, Psalm 139, is a prime example of the both-and relationship of ostensibly paradoxical ideals. This psalm invites us to consider the relationship between divine transcendence and divine eminence. Transcendence, by definition, means to go beyond ordinary limits, to surpass or exceed the universe and its constructs. Eminence, on the other hand, is to remain within, as the original text of the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, states, Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Psalm 139 speaks of the transcendence of God through creation and omniscience, and yet also the incredible eminence of a God from whom I cannot be separated. C.S. Lewis puts it this way, God is both further from us and nearer to us than any other being. For me, music is the most tangible example I have of that juxtaposition of transcendence and eminence. 
It is in creating music with others that I have experienced the divine as more infinite than time and space while simultaneously feeling God right here, extraordinarily present in the physical world. I need to tell you a secret, though. I didn't get that feeling with this mass initially. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I really enjoy listening to and performing Bach's music, and obviously, I can appreciate the pure genius in his compositions. But Bach's music is hard. This mass is hard work. There are so many notes. <laughs> The chancel choir has been working on this piece for almost eight months. It has consumed our rehearsals. I wake up and go to sleep with fugue subjects rattling my brain. I've listened to every recording of this mass that exists on iTunes and YouTube. There were times over the last eight months when I would turn to my partner Russ and I would say, are we going to be able to do this? Am I crazy to program this piece? Is this going to be a disaster? And thankfully, Russ would talk me off the ledge and tell me it was going to be great. And he was right. A week and a half ago, we had our first rehearsal with the orchestra, and it was fantastic. The music came together in a way I didn't think was possible. For the first time since picking up this score, I felt that unmistakable feeling. The divine presence was here in this space, in every note, in every breath, holding it all. But holding transcendence and eminence together is not always easy. Contemporary theologian Sally McFaig has argued that much of the theological tradition that we've inherited has sacrificed a sense of God's connection to the world in favor of an emphasis on God's rule over and thus distance from the world. While it might be comforting to see God as the one who's got it all under control, it is equally dangerous as it excuses us to sit back and do nothing and let God take over. Um, it's kind of like this quote that I have in my office that my piano teacher, Mrs. Cowan, gave me when I graduated from high school. It says, life is like a grand production. Keep your eyes on the director, breathe deep, and take center stage. You can't just look to God to do all the work, and you can't jump up and start taking action without first looking to God for direction and guidance. It's both and. And in between it all, you keep breathing. During his life, Bach was known as the expert on organs. And when a church or school built a new organ, Bach would be called in to come check it out. He used to say for fun, Above all, I must know whether the organ has a good lung. Then, he would literally pull out all the stops to produce the largest sound possible, terrifying the organ builders. There's a running joke in the choir that I don't ever let them breathe. <laughs> However, it's not true at all. Don't listen to them. There are places, for sure, where they can't breathe because I want to create a long legato line. But, as they all know, <laughs> in between those places, they are encouraged to take as many sneaky breaths as they need to. And when you need to take a breath, 
there are lots of people to cover it up. That's the amazing and wonderful thing about singing with a choir. Together, we have a very good lung. I want you to try something. Take a deep breath right now. Feel your lungs expand. There is nothing in this world that is closer to you than your breath. Now exhale. Here is a wild fact. According to Sam Keen, author of the book Caesar's Last Breath, it takes about two years for the molecules in a single breath to be redistributed across the globe. And astonishingly, astonishingly the breath you just took includes at least one molecule, statistically, of every breath ever taken before 2016, two years ago. You just breathed the same air that was Julius Caesar's last breath, the same air that carried your own first cries as a newborn, the same air that Jesus exhaled as he taught the disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. Take another deep breath and exhale. That's it, right there. That's what Psalm 139 is telling us. God is right there and everywhere, all at the same time. Our breath reminds us 23,040 times a day. I've had many experiences of both transcendence and imminence right here on this chancel, but I'd like to tell you about the very first time I made music in this space. It was on that choir tour in 2005 that I mentioned earlier that I very first walked into this sanctuary. I had no connection to this particular church whatsoever. It was our third day in Colorado and we'd performed concerts in Loveland and in Longmont. To be honest, those first two performances were kind of horrible. Uh, we Kansas Flatlanders were not prepared to sing at this altitude. <laughs> And while we did our best, we just couldn't breathe. And as you now know, breathing is important to singing. But by the time we'd arrived here at First Congregational Church, we'd had a couple of days to acclimate to the altitude, and we were all breathing easier. Before the concert began, we met downstairs in the music room, and I shared a devotion. I remember talking about how emotional this leg of the journey was for me knowing that Colorado Springs would be my new home in a few months. And I remember I used this quote from Mrs. Cowan, life is like a grand production. Keep your eyes on the director, breathe deep, and take center stage. We were finally able to take that deep breath, and our concert here was the best one of the tour. I remember a very specific moment as we sang the song, The Journey Home, it's the song that we'll sing for you today as our benediction. When, as tears were pouring down my face, I made eye contact with our choral director, and I felt God as near to me as I ever had, and yet more all-encompassing and grand and transcendent than I could even imagine. And it happened right here. I had no idea what First Congregational Church would come to mean to me over the next 13 years. I had no idea how overwhelmed I would get singing hymns with you in the pews every Sunday. I had no idea 
how much joy it would bring me to watch my beautiful babies baptized right here with the gathered waters of this congregation. I had no idea how this community would sustain me in my deepest sorrow. But friends, God knew and had always known. The God who searches me and knows me. The God who knows when I sit and when I rise. That's the God who finds me on the journey and guides my steps. That's the light for our journey. And when we forget, all we have to do is take a deep breath. Amen.